You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talked to Sim Johnson all the way from Western Australia and he told me that he started running about 10 years ago when he thought well he'd had enough of the gym so he went for a run. Within six months he was signing up for ultra trail runs. He doesn't recommend that as a way to start running but he did get hooked. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind, Fit Body, I am delighted to introduce you all to yet another person from the other side of Australia, from Western Australian, actually, Western Australia, actually. Hello, Simon Johnson. How are you? Hey, hey, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. It's sunny and cold over here in Perth at the moment. Sounds a bit like Tasmania. <laughs> it actually is sunny today, and but it's definitely cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is probably not I'm as cold as probably not as cold as in Tassie, but it's uh, yeah, no. still pretty cold running the heater in the office. I think cold in uh, in Western Australia is relative. Yeah, cold. I heard on the weather this morning how cold it was getting in Darwin today, and it was like twenty nine degrees maximum, and that's oh. cold in Darwin. And I'm like, chilly. Yeah, <laughs> got to put on a jumper up there. I think. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no shorts today in Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um, let's move on to. I want to find out a bit about you because I don't know you. You're a referral from from another guest, which is really exciting for me because it means I get to learn more about you and everyone else does at the same time. So it's really fun. Let's start with where you grew up, Sim, which I know is one of your nicknames. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Perth, yeah, born and bred, been uh, in Perth, uh, sort of just out in the suburbs of Perth in Ferndale, Linwood Senior High School. Um, yeah, grew up here and Done a lot of traveling around the world, but yeah, always been based here in WA, here in Perth. It does sometimes, well, to some parts of the world, it feels like it's closer. You know, I know a lot of people, my, my, one of my kids lived in Perth for a little while and uh, she was working in the mines and things. And she used to say that people would fly to, you know, um, to Bali or whatever for their time off rather than coming all the way back to the Eastern States. And it was, it just seemed to be more efficient for them. <laughs> like wow it's, it's usually just as it's just as far to fly or just yeah. as um cheap to fly if i'm going to singapore or indonesia or thailand or something compared to flying over to the east coast because um, oh, it's crazy yeah, it's five, five and a half hours to brisbane but then it's only so it's less than that to, to bali or or to singapore so yeah, that's so that's, cool i love that um all right so you grew up in perth did you have siblings yeah i got an older brother and a younger brother um yeah they both still live in Perth yeah middle child the horrible middle child I'm um, always getting left out for things and neglected but no that's me <laughs> thing. <laughs> so at school what were, what did you do when, when it came to sport were you really into it like or did you just I do was what you were told? terrible at sport I was useless at it my older brother had all of the sporting skills and winning all of the first place ribbons oh. in primary school and then into high school um yeah, did a bit of athletics and stuff and then footy when I was in um, in a sort of primary school, but then high school. Yeah, it's only the, the sport that was forced out of me. Um, 
during the day. But aside from that, yeah, I didn't much do anything. And yeah, even once I left school, still not into sport. Wow. Just, well, yeah. So when you did leave school, what did you do? So before we get into how you started this thing called running, uh, oh, what did what did I you left do? School, yeah, what did you? I do? was um back back in the day. Still can't really start like that. Um, back then you didn't need to finish high school. So into the I think it was only really compulsory to finish year ten, and then going yeah. into uh, year eleven, I was just a disruptive little shit, and they basically <laughs> politely asked me to leave and said, "Yeah, it's not really wow. working out." And then. I love that. You should probably just move on and then, yeah, sort of lining up the TAFE courses and things like that. And then um, I started doing welding, uh, electro, was it uh, welding and metal fabrication at TAFE, a six-month certificate just as a stepping stone to go into the trades. But, yeah, that really wasn't for me. And then uh, from there, I did a a diploma in electro technology, it was called back then. Wow, I see back then it was 20, 20 years ago, but um, that was small computer systems. So sort of basic programming and <gasps> sort of computers and things like that. Gosh, it, it sounds really, it sounds really tech, you know, tech, yeah, really tech involved yeah. that, and almost like otherworldly, I was saying, because <laughs> that um, term that you use, was it electro? It's called electro. It was a diploma in electro technology. It's wow. a weird thing, but yeah. I guess it was like a really old name and then it had probably been it's definitely been changed since then it just made me yeah. think of um um you know what's the music like electronic kind of music oh, electro techno kind of thing electro, electro house, yes. just... my, my sort of music I do like that. <laughs> a lot of that stuff too that's hilarious okay so you got into computers that's what I'm hearing into programming computers oh uh, yeah I, well I enjoyed doing computers and things back then and then from there sort of did of bits of work trialing out in places. And then I think my first sort of proper full-time job was working at a, a phone a phone shop, like selling phones in like oh, a wow. retail, like a Telstra yeah. shop sort of thing. And I was there for a few years. Um, yeah, um, but not into computers and things like, uh, like uh, personally I enjoyed computers, but I uh, never really did it for work. And then, yeah. yeah, bouncing around with more work and- So retail, retail is what I'm hearing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that was in sort of my late teens, early 20s um, that I did for a couple of years and then went to work at a company called Messages on Hold doing sort of the uh, operations around that, sort of the the hardware side of things. So I guess hardware and a bit to do with computers and that. And then that's when I finally, after that, when I sort of finally stepped into the the IT industry, um, which I've been in for the last probably 12 years now. So what are you doing Um, now in the IT industry? Um, after stepping through all of that, sort of doing some operations, technical stuff, um, I got into project management and I've been doing sort of project management for seven years now, eight years. Wow. Um, so, and then now doing cybersecurity project management. Um, so managing a, a sort of large cybersecurity projects uh, for a cybersecurity company based here in Perth, but they're actually a sort of national and international yeah. company. There is a lot of work in that now. My husband's yeah. been in IT like most of his life in one way or another. And we we're only talking the other day about just how much work there is now in, in cyber security. Yeah, because cyber used to be just a part of IT and it's just mm. sort of it just happened with IT. But now sort of in the last, I'd say, five to 10 years, it's only just branched off into its own thing and sort of become mm. as massive as it is. And it is definitely a growing um, the company I'm at just can't even keep up yeah. um, hiring people and sort of we've doubled in size in the last year and 
That's continue to grow. And I think yeah. they're tracking to double in size again and sort of be sort of that global powerhouse of cybersecurity here in, um, well, around the world. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. are you based in an office or are you at home? How's yeah, it? I'm I'm based at home now. Um, this yeah. is my home office. Um, I work, I prefer to work in the office, but I'll work from home sort of uh, one or two days a week or mm-hmm. during COVID a lot more yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, uh, me and my partner bought a, a new place and we're into a bit bigger one. Whereas sort of previously during COVID, I was at the end of the dining room table and uh, she had the study, but then at the the new place, I've got my own, my own little office. And yeah, I know it's going to be a podcast later, but I stick up all of my uh, running bibs on the wall behind me. So. I love that. I wish you yeah. saw that. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, you're not, you're probably not in an office. <laughs> office. It's probably pretty, fan, pretty fancy office if it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's very personal with all those running bibs in yeah. the background. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the running. How did, so this is, I'm hearing a kid who wasn't that into sport um, at school and took a little while to work out what it is, you know, where he, what he wanted to do for a while anyway. And then who knows, you could still change because that's a good thing to do and it's healthy. <laughs> I've changed so many times uh, <laughs> what my career is. Um, but the career that you are in is quite sedentary, isn't it? So how did you start running or did it start via something else? What? How did you it all started like I was sort of going to the gym a little bit. I've been yeah. running for, for 10 years. Like I know the date that I went for a run because it was a big deal. And I'm like, decided to do a 10K run. And that was 30th of May, 2012. So I've oh, just wow. had my 10 year That's running awesome. anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's been a while. But yeah, basically, before then, I was sort of in a, a long term relationship. And then we got divorced and then I was Mm -hmm. of course as you go through a breakup I was hitting the gym a lot and I was going to the gym a lot and then I decided I might give this running thing a go and then went for my very first run which was just a 10k run which probably took me like an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half and then I felt like my legs were going to fall off the next day and took me like double the amount of time to walk to work which was walking to work at the time and then from sort of when I started running in that very end of May I think I did because I stats person so I tracked all of my runs from the very beginning and the June 2012 was my first full month of running and I did 40ks and then I was on to about 80ks by uh, July and then I think I'd hit 200 by uh, August September that year so you really sort of took to it didn't you by the sound of it yeah it's Mm. sort of the addiction started running sort of just running with a, a friend of mine and sort of my housemate at the time and then from yeah around August I started doing parkrun the the gateway drug to to most runners sort of starting to do parkrun and um yeah then it's just grown from there and then from sort of running in sort of August September and that me and my friend decided to do something silly and register for our first ultra marathon so so you (laughs) you started running in was it like March or something or May or March yeah started running in May and then before the end of the year yeah (laughs) Uh, it's a it's a ultra marathon over here that uh, most uh, West Australians would heard of. It's the six inch ultra mm-hmm. marathon down in um, finishing in dwelling up, and that's a 40, 46. They call it a forty six k, but it's very rare that anyone will get forty six k's on their watch just down to GPS or yeah. getting lost. <laughs> I've I've run it seven times and I've had between forty seven and fifty one k's, but 
don't don't ask me about that 51k year <laughs> um but yeah it sort of started and running my first um uh first official uh marathon and ultra marathon in the same go uh, prior oh, to that run that day I'd only ever run I think 25ks was my longest training run and then just yep let's go run <laughs> double that in my head, I'm thinking, what on earth <laughs> what you, were you mm. thinking when you when you start like you know, fronted up to that start line and be like, um, well, I suppose if you don't know, you don't know. That's yeah, half this of is it, isn't of, it? Well, it's a challenge, and just I think both of us were going through. Me and my friend um, Ben both were going through some difficult times, and sort yeah. of running was the outlet. And I think that's how a lot of people do start mm. running. They're going through a lot of difficult times, and they start running and they start marathons and then they start yeah. ultra marathons and it's just constantly chasing that next big thing. Um, but yeah, being on the start line, it's sort of because you're starting at 4.30 in the morning before dark out sort of in the middle of nowhere, just on the side of the road and waiting for the sun to come up going, what the hell have we signed up for? And yeah, I went back another seven times to do that. Um, you must that one as well. Like that one. Ben. yeah it's well you get like a red spike you get these railway spikes if you've done it six times and um so I felt like I needed to get that one and then my partner joined on the next year and um so I needed to go back for that seventh year to get her red spike as well and that's probably one of the few runs that I've done that many times yeah like uh well, I think most of my other ones sort of you do the big ones a couple of times but then you kind of move on to the next one yeah to the next thing I suppose well for me, I think I've done seven or six or seven Melbourne marathons. And I keep mm. thinking, do I want that Spartan t-shirt? A bit like your spike, you know? Yeah. I'm going to do 10 of those. I'm like, oh. Because then, well, you're at seven, so you're kind of committed now. It's like, If you're uh, at like two or three, you're like, eh, but seven, it's like. Yeah, it's different. you got to round yeah. it. you got to round it out. Whereas, I, I, yeah, I think I'd rather do trails now. So that's the, one of the issues. <laughs> I don't really yeah. want to go pound in that pavement anymore that's pitch that's my own thing um <laughs> so which does strike me a question to ask you is that it, that's trail running so when did you in like you started running from the gym most people would picture their you know you step out onto the footpath and it's not necessarily from the gym but you're doing gym work and you're probably running in suburbs and you know on bikeways and things in, along the lovely foreshore there in in perth what made you go into trails so early? Well, it's, I, that was just an ultra marathon. I think okay. we just saw that as a challenge and that we were, me and my friend, and for several years after that, it's still primarily road running that we okay. did. Yeah. Um, and I think that one, and then we did like a, a, me and my friends did sort of a small handful of the Perth Trail Series events that are over here. Mm-hmm. But those ones are only sort of the shorter 15 to 25k mm-hmm. sort of maximum those ones oh as far as sort of ultra running because I that was my first ultra marathon yeah. but then from then I did a lot more half marathons marathons primarily and then I probably didn't do my next actual ultra marathon or out on the trails like big ones until sort of getting back into it maybe four years ago I think four or five years ago when well, I don't know I'd need to check the the wall to see because <laughs> these the are just wall. Yeah, the wall is just, they're just half marathon and above. So, I mean, I've got boxes full of um, other ones. I don't know why I kept them, but, well, that's why I kept them. That's just the half marathons and above the bibs. I think there's about 70 there. Wow. Um, But, yeah, sort of getting into the ultra marathons and the bigger stuff, that's probably only been in the last three years doing a lot of the ultra series WA events over here. Uh, Sort of 
the and the backyard ultras as well since uh, 2020. So just going way, way, way back. So you said you were going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, in my brain, it's like, what made you want to be fit in the first place? Why did you used to go to the gym? Like what? Being depressed and yeah. <laughs> going through a, a separation and just yeah. going to the gym seven times a week because you didn't have anything yeah. else to do. So it was filling sort of a, time sort of thing. Yeah, like it's, an out, it's an outlet. Gaming yeah. or whatever, like you... Yeah. Well, your... before then, I was a, a big gamer, and okay. um, I, I played a lot of. Ga- I did a lot mm-hmm. of gaming, and then once I went through the separation, I sort of went, "Nope, stop doing that," and start going to the gym. Yeah. So I guess it's just, it's always just replacing one addiction for another. Some for people another. drink. <laughs> some people drink and smoke. Other people do ultra running. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I still drink, but I don't smoke. There's often um, a other... trigger though. That's what yeah. I wondered. Like, what the trigger was? It said gym, and not you know more gaming or going to the pub or whatever. Other, yeah, you can I think anything. any any person out there has an addiction of some kind, and it's either drinking, smoking, gaming, watching TV, mm. or running. Mm-hmm. Some addictions are a lot more healthier than the others. Some yeah. are a lot more expensive than others. Yeah, and yeah, people think running is a cheap sport, but Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do the maths on how much all of those ones cost, along with um all those bibs on your it, wall. As long as um, airfares to get to those different ones, because yeah, you can run anywhere, but no, yeah. let's do that run on the other side of the planet. And... <laughs> well, you'll have but to tell of... us about some of those. That'd be really yeah. cool. Some of the most far flung ones that you've done. So, was it uh, not wanting to harp on it or anything, but did you um, did you have any friends who were going to the gym? Did you read an article? You know, sometimes we watch a movie. We can't often even recall no. why you make one choice over another. It's kind of an interesting thing. I think I just had a gym membership that I didn't use. And oh, then I'm like, oh, I'm going to start using this one. There and then go. I use it a lot. And then yeah. as far as getting into running, well, I don't know what the trigger was, I guess. Yeah. I just wanted to go for a run and then <laughs> went out for a run. And I was living in the city at the time. So I went out yeah. and did a little loop. Yeah. I think it was like 6.30 pace, 6.40 pace. Like, because stats yeah. and all I've got every single run from and I've uploaded the older ones from a tracking app that I had to Strava so now you can see sort of a decade's worth of running on yeah. my Strava which is yeah gotta love the stats well <laughs> when I started running I am all I also quite like stats and I would write it because there was no such thing as Strava or there was no yeah. such thing as anything really actually well the watches we had just told us the time yeah <laughs> Oh, it's amazing! This they, they they tell the what the time now as well. These ones, I know. I could even take a phone call with my. Uh, anyway, for me to get that information in there, I have to sit down. I occasionally come across my old books, but I'm, and I think um, the funny thing is, I used to think, well, a half an hour run—that's obviously five k. Just being, you know, no, sorry, a twenty-five minute run was obviously five k at half. You know, when I was in my twenties, the six. Yeah. Now, now I'm in my fifties. Uh, a six, uh, yeah, six k run must take half an hour. So in my brain, it was always just five, five minute k's. Like my head just did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, irrelevant of how fast I run now, which is much much slower. Um, and, but knowing um, how fast it actually is, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I wonder how accurate I actually was back then. So it's quite yeah. Fun. Sometimes now you're just like, oh, you feel like it's you're running a lot slower than what you are, or you're running a lot yeah. faster than what you are, yeah. and you look at your watch and think, oh crap. Yeah, I probably don't want to sometimes. know. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's probably what it is. Okay, so you've taken to this running like it's uh, 
you know, amazing. Before we move on to some of the races you've done and, and how you keep running, um, do you, have you found for your work that it's been beneficial? Because, you, you know, you, you are in, as you said before, quite a sedentary occupation with a lot of sitting around chasing cyber criminals and setting up <laughs> cyber whatevers. Um, do you find it helps? Because there's also a lot of people in that industry, I assume, who don't get a lot of exercise. Yeah, I think I'm one of the very, well, there's not many people in my office that actually run or nobody that runs as much as me out of sort of 100 plus people there mm. are just in the WA office. But yeah, it's sort of being sitting down all day. But I mean, I do try and walk around as much as I yeah. can sort of in between meetings and stuff and even catching the train, walk into the office and back again. But yeah, it is um, particularly with this new job because um, with my previous job sort of haven't been as hard a work and um, could fit in a lot more running and things but uh, sort of with the new job it is a lot harder to, to fit those k's in and sort of when you're leaving in winter particularly sort of heading into the office when it's still sort of sun's just coming up and then you're leaving when the sun's uh, just going down it's um it's pretty hard to fit those k's in these days but uh, I still manage to try and um, even starting to sort of start a little run club at work because there's people that wanting to get into starting to run and trying to do a uh, what do we call it CCX to 5k it's like a spin on the couch to 5k yeah. um, trying to encourage people to actually start running and just getting them to do their run walk stuff they think I'm still crazy with all the stuff I do but I think they're just a lot of them are trying to work towards their first 5k yeah. or even get back into it um, when they've not been running for quite a long time oh, I love that that's awesome I used to run um, I used to work in an office in my 20s when I was mad uh, mad keen about running which I still am obviously um, <laughs> but you know in the beginning and I was like and I would run you know six days a week and <laughs> which I don't now um, and I would run at lunchtime and eventually there was three or four people out of the office would come and, and run with me as well and I, I think they still run now because they started back then and, and it became a very regular thing so that's awesome I love it um, all right so you obviously have entered in lots and lots and lots of races in the last 10 years, <laughs> like <laughs> loads. What would be your favourite? Oh, favourite? Yeah. First road marathon was Sydney. That was um, the Sydney Blackmores one. That yeah. was in 2013, I think. Mm -hmm. um, that would be favourite. But then as far as the big international ones that I've done with just those massive crowds and those atmosphere um yeah it would be Berlin or Chicago I think oh wow um Chicago was just was crazy it's like you see the the final sort of 500 meters of your average um marathon sort of in Australia and there's those crowds but for the Chicago marathon there was like wall-to-wall -wall crowds for 42ks it was just insane. There was people everywhere, wow. um, which you just can't get those ones. And even in um, Berlin um, for that one, there was the big crowds at the start and then through certain sections and then at the end. But I mean, that's just, I do love that. So the ultra running and the sort of seclusion of running through the bush by yourself is nice, but then also being in a group of sort of 50,000 people starting these massive races. I mean, that's pretty good. And as far as the other ones, Oh, the Dopey Challenge in um, yeah, Disney World on, uh, in Florida. Uh, that's um, one we did, probably one of the more expensive ones because accommodation over there and then park access and then the race itself. And, How far and that is one, that? They, well, they call it the Dopey Challenge. It's 84. Oh. Okay. I don't know how it is. 
but it says that 5k on the Thursday, 10k on the Friday, 21k on the Saturday, and then the last one, the 42k on the Sunday, Dopey oh, wow. Challenge. Yeah. Um, but then sort of for the half marathon and the marathon, the park actually opens up towards the end of it. So you can jump on some of the rides. While um, you're running I didn't, or when you well, fit- yeah, mid <laughs> mid brace. Um, I didn't go on the rides. Um I still they've got all the photo stops with all the different characters and stuff. So I still managed to crack out a sub four hour marathon for that while what? having twenty-eight photo stops with the characters. Oh my god. But because because people doing a sub four hour marathon weren't stopping for the photos, so I could just run into all of them. But yeah. my friends further back were sort of lining up for five or ten minutes for some of the, the good ones to try and get their photo taken. Yeah. But I'm just sort of running in, photo, run out. Um I've got yeah, they're all through my Instagram if you want to scroll back a few years. But it's uh, <laughs> that's great. That was probably the a fun experience. Um and a few of my friends that also did the marathon, it did actually jump on a roller coaster mid-race. Um, because I mean you're doing a six, seven hour marathon, so yeah. a ten minute detour to go on a roller coaster. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it reminds me of that one in France, the one that runs through vineyards oh, and they will stop the- and Marathon de Medoc. Uh, yes. Yeah, a few of my friends have done that with sort of the oysters and and wine and and different cheeses at the aid station. That one. That's amazing. Yeah, they say if, if you run, if you do that one quicker than six hours, you're not enjoying yourself. Apparently, so. it's the experience, isn't it? Definitely, you don't go there for the time. Like if you're not actually stopping and trying everything, then um, yeah, it's a bit of a waste, I think. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Mm. <laughs> I love it. So. Um, now you said you're more into um, trail runs now than say back then where you just kind of signed up to an ultra in your first um, six months of running or something, um, <laughs> yeah. which happened to be a trail run that was just happenstance. Why have you? Why are you doing more trail now? Do you think? Um, I think or it's just more more fun and more social, and I think. I did. I was running pretty fast, and I could crack out some good times mm-hmm. a few years ago. But I think in the recent time, like I know I can't hit any of these times that I could hit sort of five or six years ago. So now I think I'm just focusing on the next thing to challenge myself, which is distance. And you do distances on mm-hmm. during ultras on trails. You don't do. Oh God, I can't imagine doing a 50 or 100k on the roads. So that would just be horrible. But <laughs> although I've done those exist. I've done those ones on yeah I've done a few longer runs on roads and it's pretty pretty hard work mm. and hard work on the body as well so hard work on the trails but yeah have you done the um the uh track ones you know the track ultras where you run yeah like six hours 12 hours 24 hours I've not done the 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 proper track ones where you're running around a 400 meter track that I yeah. think would just be horrible but I have done uh what is it uh, the name eludes me right now. Light Horse, Light Horse Trail Ultra. That one's a track. Okay. Um, that's a 2.5K, actually only 10 minutes down the road from my house, which was oh. really convenient when I went to it. It only took me like, yeah, um, I volunteered earlier this year and only took me about 15 minutes to ride down there. Perfect. Um, that one's, yeah, two and a half Ks and you could do a, a three hour, six hour, 12 hour or 24 hour. And I've done the six, the I did the six year, the 12 hour, the six hour, then the 12 hour, and then the 24. Wow. Um, yeah, I did pretty well in the six hour. I did um, 70 something Ks, finished in about fourth or fifth place. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. And then um, the 12 hour, I did 102.5 Ks. Um, and I think that 
that was about a fourth place or fifth place finish. Um, you could see, I could see the person just ahead of me was like, knew that I was just behind them. So they wouldn't yeah. give any time. And then when you're running around a track, you constantly sort of like, is it them? Or who is it? Not knowing who the name is. And then for the 24 hour, my first official 24 hour event, that one, yeah, I didn't have fun. And I only did 100 and say only, I only did 108 Ks at that one, but doing 102 Ks at a 12 hour and then doing 108 Ks at a 24 hour. Did you have um, a 10-hour sleep at some point? <laughs> no, I tried to sleep, but there was some very drunken, noisy people in the tent next to us that were just having a bit too much fun, so I couldn't sleep. And then I went back out there and kept moving. Yeah. I had a few naps in the chair during the day when the sun came up. Um, but then, yeah, my knee started causing me issues, mm. so I was going pretty slow towards the end. Um, and I think, yeah, the next time I do a 24-hour, I'll definitely just enjoy myself and have a yeah. nice long sleep in between, and then I'll probably beat that distance anyway. Easily, yeah, because mm. we learn, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> These times. Um, what do your family and friends who knew you before you ran think of you now? Oh, still a crazy person that running. Um, I think that's how I sort of divide my the, the circle of friends. I think with most runners, you have your your non-running friends and then your running friends. And that's um, when you've been running for quite a while, that's how it is. It's sort of the people that um, don't necessarily run or aren't in that mm -hmm. crazy running community and then your running friends. And yeah, they still have a lot of friends that I've known from um, before then that I've uh, sort of known for a very long time. And yeah, I think they still think I'm a bit crazy, but I think um, them seeing me run has sort of encouraged a few of them to sort of start running awesome. and even people that I, I used to work with a while ago um, they sort of saw me running and then they got into park run uh, as well and then these two people they actually yeah got into park run and then now running all of the stupid crazy distances that's amazing yeah <laughs> um so what what do you think motivates you to keep like because we're, you're not as you said you're not just going doing park run on on the Saturday morning anymore. <laughs> um, I'm still still doing park run on the Saturday morning. But that's not only that's not all you do. <laughs> You've got all these you you're always looking for another race. Are you like is, does it motivate you to have an if you don't have a race that you're signed up for? Do you find it hard to get out and train or you know is there? How does that work in your life? What does that look like? Oh, I do need, I think I do need a race or something on the horizon. Otherwise I find that I lose all motivation and mm -hmm. effort to actually go out. Um, and this whole training thing, I've never really stuck to a training plan or I just go out and run and try and enjoy myself as much as possible. And yeah, yeah as far as sticking to a training plan and forcing myself to go out and run, I rarely do that. I probably don't train as much as I should for some of these longer events, but uh, stubbornness, determination, and uh, sheer stupidity can get you a long way in these events. <laughs> so you don't have a coach, is, is that what I'm hearing? Or if you do, yeah. it's a waste of money because you don't do what they say anyway. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I struggle people telling me what to do. So I think, um, and I think following a training plan or having a coach, I think for me would just suck the fun out of it because I yeah. just wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy going out and doing it. I'd much rather just go out and just do the run. Um, I sort of force myself to do some longer mm -hmm. runs in the lead up to an event. But um, yeah, once again, probably not as much as I should for some of these events that I do. So how many days, like on average, how many days a week would you run? Or how uh, many kilometres per week? 
Uh, it depends. I can mm. get into a good rhythm of things and I could be running sort of seven days a week and mm. sort of 60 to 80 Ks. Mm. Um, but then on a normal week when I feel lazy, it's probably only sort of 30 to 40 Ks a week. But I mean, in the last 10 years, once again, the stats, I think I've yeah. averaged 200 Ks a month wow. is my average yeah. for the last decade. Yeah. Um, with some, I think, March was my worst month ever. I only did like 70 Ks, but that was just coming off the back of a big event and sort of you kind of downtime and then work Mm -hmm. was busy and excuses, Mm. excuses, excuses. But then I could, I've had sort of 300, um, 350 K months, which sort of then balances it out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's always been around that around 50 Ks a week that I try and sort of aim for, but yeah, ups and downs. Do you, um, do you still go to the gym? Like you're still doing strength nah. type stuff? No, I do just some running. strength do do? stuff. Uh, yeah, just run. I mm. do some strength stuff at home and a bit of yoga, try and force myself to do that to because the strength stuff does help. And um, my partner tries to encourage me to go to the gym, but I'm, like, I'm not going to pay for a gym membership. I'm, I don't see the, the point of it. Yeah. I'd much rather just do something at home or go for a run. But then, yeah, it's probably going to break me eventually. I've been pretty good at dodging injuries for the last decade and without anything too severe that's kept me out for longer than sort of a, a week or so anyway in the over the time so so that was going to be a question the, the injury <laughs> question have, so you haven't really had many injuries that have been no by the sound of it I've never been off for more than a week or so I've had some sort of ankle issues I've got like a bony growth on the back of my heel which I've had since before I started running yep. and it's got worse from running but um it doesn't get any worse and mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do about it. So it's just there and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get the surgery to get it removed and it doesn't slow me down or yeah. cause too much grief. So aside from that, like, That's and then just the general aches and pains and mm-hmm. fatigue of running long distances, I guess. So in that, say you said there might've been a time where you couldn't run for a week or something. How did you, how do you feel? Like, even just the thought, the thought that maybe you couldn't run for, say you fell and twisted your ankle or something you can't run you had to go off for six weeks how do you think you'll cope with that obviously you haven't had probably wouldn't probably (laughs) wouldn't cope very well I think when I did have those sort of week or two weeks off back then that was Mm. during my sort of peak running and I think I was pretty horrible to be around yeah as a most runners could be sort of when you can't run when you're forced into a situation when you can't run um, it's pretty difficult either due to sickness injury or illness um it's um pretty difficult um and but then you always running work. when you can't run. Yeah, and you're seeing everyone else run, and then you just want to run. Um, and then I got a bit sick at the start of the year and sort of trying to get back from that. wasn't COVID, but felt a lot like it. And um, that was sort of about a month to two months afterwards where I just like the really low energy and just struggled to run and was so slow with like really high heart rate and breathing, mm. um, even just for short stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty tricky being being away from the running for any period of time mm. so well the question I ask everybody is how long do you think you'll run for until mm. I get bored of it <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's but, one way to answer it <laughs> yeah I just I'll I'll keep running until I don't enjoy it anymore and what do you I think, think that's sorry yeah, okay. I, I just think that goes for anything like uh, I wouldn't force myself to keep running and I wouldn't force myself to keep doing it so I'll just keep doing it until I until the novelty wears off and 10 years on and still not wearing off. Still got a few big races on the horizon and um, 
Yeah, and still enjoying it. What, Hanging what out it, with friends. What is it that you think you really love about it? What do you think Probably that keeps the, you going? The social aspect. It's mm-hmm. going for a, a long run in the morning or going to do a trail run and then going out for breakfast afterwards or yeah. a longer trail run in the morning and then going out for lunch afterwards or running in the evening and then going to the pub afterwards. For a, yeah. Yeah, for, for a runner, I'm quite unhealthy with the amount of burgers I ate. <laughs> People, I think most of my friends could confirm that, that yeah, it's, I eat a lot of burgers. So <laughs> And you like to why I do, you run to a burger? Yeah, it's probably why I do run so I can continue to eat and drink all of the, the crappy food because if I stopped running, then there's no way I could continue to eat and drink all the things that I do currently. Wow. Well, you probably become the atypical computer guy that, you know, just like we think of police <laughs> eating donuts and you see things. Eating awesome. burgers, burgers yeah. and burritos and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you, if you want to keep eating those, you'll have to keep running for like ever. Exactly. So I'd need to keep running because if, if until I want to give up burgers and beers and pizza, then I've got to keep running as well. So does it, does it actually make you feel good too? Like you were saying, you're enjoying it. Apart from being yeah. able to eat whatever you want. How do you feel when you're running? Oh, yeah, I feel good. Like you always, I think whenever you don't want to go for a run and then you sort of force yourself to put your shoes on and get out the mm. door, you always feel better after it. Maybe not yeah. during it at the start sometimes, yeah. but after the run, you always feel better. Like you'll never finish a run and go, I shouldn't have gone out that day. unless yeah. you're doing like a really long, silly thing. But when you do those longer, when you do those runs and then you come home and you feel better afterwards. So while I'm still having that feeling and yeah, you do need to chase it a bit more by running further and further and longer and longer then. Um, but yeah, it's still enjoyable. So on those days when you don't want to go out the door because the weather is horrible or some other reason, um, you're tired. Is that how you get yourself out the door? Knowing oh, that yeah. you will feel better once you, once you've done yeah. it. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't go out, <laughs> but most of the time I do. If like I haven't, that run that week or I've had a really bad day at work or something mm-hmm. I know that the run would help and sort of being stressed out like I know I feel better after a run mm. Mm, I love that um mm. do you run mostly in the mornings or in the afternoons uh definitely after work I'm okay I'm usually up pretty early for work and I I value my sleep I do love to get my eight hours worth of sleep a day otherwise I can credit fairly um grumpy so mm. um the only time I wouldn't run before work um I'd only ever run in the mornings on the weekends or for a race so Saturday Sunday running can't even remember the last time I went for a run before work was (laughs) so does that mean most of your long run training say if you had a big event coming up um your long runs would be done on the weekend yeah I'd always do a sort of a Saturday either run to park run do park run run home or incorporate park run into it or then do a sort of or do a longer run on the Sunday Mm -hmm. Um, or sometimes do a double sort of run in the morning and then run in the afternoon if I've just done park run. Okay. Um, do you run with people or by yourself mostly? I'd say mostly with people. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably three quarters of my runs are with people. Um, we do a sort of regular Tuesday after work um, intervals mm-hmm. or run, then followed by the pub. <laughs> um, and then um, maybe a Thursday, the work run is with people. So it's- yeah. Probably, yeah, more than three quarters of my runner with people. Okay. And you find that's quite a motivator for you too? Yeah, because I don't, 
Yeah, I don't generally listen to music um, yeah. when I run. So during events, I wouldn't listen to music unless it's sort of yeah. like a really long one. But I might sort of have listen to a podcast or an audio book or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's more of a social thing. So running with friends, I think that's what really helps the motivator to go out rather than just sort of, well, it's rather than just, just going to the pub, you feel like yeah. you need to earn going to the pub. <laughs> run to the pub. Yeah, um, run to the pub. <laughs> what What is going on in your head on those times when you're running by yourself and you're not listening to anything? What sort of stuff do you think about, like the things that have gone on through the day or the problems of the world or just what your body's doing or being there in the moment? What kind of stuff goes through your head? Oh, depending on how long I'm running for, mm-hmm. like for, for the longer I run, the try and get that silence in your head. And I think that's what most runners are doing for these long events is like they're chasing that silence. So when your brain will actually stop thinking about everything, but yeah, before then up until that point, yeah, I'm, I've got a very, very active brain. So it's just yeah. constantly thinking about everything. Yeah. Work and personal life and hey that tree over there and then other <laughs> random thoughts and it's just yeah. it never stops it's it's difficult being inside my own head sometimes and I think doing these long long runs I think is good to your brain can actually switch off after a while yeah. but then being an ultra runner and trail runner it takes a lot longer to actually get it to switch off <laughs> have you have you found that um you know you you reach a point and you think well I don't have to run any longer than this you know, th- this is the point where my brain slows down and then you sort of get used to it. And then it's like, oh no, now I need to go further, you know, so that it's, you keep pushing it out. I suppose that point where your brain slows down a bit, or is there like a magic, I don't know, 35 there's, kilometers. No, <laughs> there's something. no, there's no sweet spot. I think um, sometimes it can happen a lot earlier. Sometimes okay. it takes a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cause one of the things we've talked about on the podcast and which is what really got me into wanting to do the, the, this podcast with some research that I had um, come across in neuroscience, in neuroscience, where they had measured uh, what's going on in your brain if you're doing yoga and meditation versus what's going on in your brain um, for people who are runners. And it looks very similar in many circumstances. So we as runners can get to a, a point in our running, like you said, where the benefits and the things that are happening um, have now been measured to be pretty similar to the positive effects of meditation and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I believe that. It is just a form of meditation. Everyone sort of has their own things, sort of cycling, running, swimming. Um, But yeah, just where your brain can just sort of switch off. And I think that's the goal with any meditation, just to sort of Mm. be one in the moment without actually thinking about anything else. I love it. It can be hard though. Mm. Yeah, it can there, there's another I think I can't remember the statistic it was something like we have we have 100 to 200 if not what, more than that thoughts a minute <laughs> without even trying I'd believe that I'd believe that so no one no wonder we need to find a bit of respite occasionally from our own thoughts because there's so many of them um, so what is what's the next race that you're signing up for at the moment what's uh, next one, I haven't registered, but I might be doing the Yabaroo Trail Ultra, probably do the 25k for that as like a training run. Um, cause that one's just sort of very close to my house, probably only 20 minutes drive away, 15 minutes drive away. Um, that's just on the trails. And then the next big one that I've registered for is the Birdies Backyard Ultra, uh, which will be the third time that I'm doing it. 
Um, and that one's down in uh, Lake Taurining, which is sort of most people from WA don't even know where that is. It's sort of uh, about two and a half hours sort of southeast, like inland, yeah. um, kind of away from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's just a, a backyard ultra. I'm not sure if you're aware of the concept, but um, I wasn't just... until I it was either Sue or Bianca. Who... <laughs> Yeah, probably both of them. Probably what it was. Yeah, it's (laughs) just everyone gets on the start line and uh, everyone does a 6.7K loop around a lake or around wherever. Yeah. And every hour on the hour, you start a new 6.7K lap and you Mm -hmm. can't start the lap until the hour ticks over and then everyone starts at the same time. And you need to finish before the hour and then start the next one on the hour and however quick you run it or slow you run it as long as you're back before the hour and then start the next one you keep going and sort of this one's about 250 or 300 I'm not sure what it's capped at this year um 300 people going and from that half the people drop out in the first probably 12 hours the next half will drop out yeah last person standing the next one will drop out by 24 hours and then usually by around 24 hours 25 hours there's maybe five or six people left and then once you get to sort of into the third day there's maybe only one or two left for the last 30 plus hours it just sounds Um, so painful (laughs) but it's a social thing because you've got because this one's great because they just hire out the entire campsite. So every single person that is there is there for the event, either running it or supporting it or friends or family. Um, So most people, and it starts, it's a great time. It starts at 10 10 a.m. on a Friday, which is just Mm -hmm. great. So you get to sleep in and then you start your run 10 a.m. on a Friday. And most people sort of over half of the people will be finished before dark and they've done their sort of four laps or eight yeah. laps or 10 laps and then they'll just call it quits and then you have a shower and then you put on some warm clothes and start drinking and then watch all the stupid people continue to do it for another two and a half days afterwards so they don't have like a they don't have like a sleep allotted sleep time for people if you are still in it yeah last you can you can standing. have you can have a sleep if you want but that just means running faster for that lap having a 15 minute sleep and then starting a nap like you can do whatever you want in your break wow you just got to decide how fast you want to run for it and some people run and do 30 minute laps and then we'll have a 20 minute sleep or have a shower other people more less sensible more sensible i don't know um do sort of 50 minutes for every lap 50 to 55 minutes because you don't want to be stopping for too long because you'll start seizing up and so you just time it enough to have some food, have some water. What have do you do? Clothes. Yeah, I, uh, a, f- a group of us do two minutes run, two minutes walk. So we mm-hmm. come in at about 53 minutes for every lap. So yeah. it, our longest rest would be about nine or eight minutes. And our shortest yeah. rest will be about five. Yeah. And that's enough time to sit down, pop your shoes off, have some food, maybe close your eyes for a minute and then start again. I'd be worried I wouldn't wake up again after a minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah, once you get into sort of 3 a.m. type of time. <laughs> that sort of midnight to 4 a.m., yeah. midnight to 5 a.m., midnight to sunrise is the tricky part because that's when your mm. body's just shutting down. Mm. But then you're that wide off sugar and caffeine and and just all of the food that you're trying to cram into you. You're sort of, your eyes want to close, but then they just want to ping open and your heart's still racing and then... Um, with these events, they they play like a five minute warning song, yeah, and it's the same song every single time. Um, 
at the um, Herdy's Front Yard Ultra. It was the Nancy Sinatra, these boots were made for walking. <laughs> you imagine hearing that five, five, 10, 20 times. And then at Birdie's Backyard, do you want to have a guess what the song is? No, tell me. <laughs> Bird's the word. But oh, it, it's an old song. It's I'm gonna have to sing it. It's the bird, 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 bird is the word. Oh yes, that sounds familiar. Yes, yes. it's really well. You probably I'm, heard it a few times. I've heard it a lot of times. Um, from when I was running it, and then it continues on, and that song will play with a five-minute warning, which is really funny at 11, 12 in the morning, and then into lunchtime. But then when you're hearing it about two o'clock in the morning, it's like stop playing that damn song <laughs> but then you just start singing it because it gets stuck in your head and i would think um, you then sing it for the next 12 months until you line up again pretty much um <laughs> yeah so they play that song and then there's the two minute siren and a one minute siren and then you start the lap again so. oh wow it sounds like and, quite an adventure i'm not sure it oh, all just, sounded fun though so. oh that one's last year wasn't fun because um you had to run through a swamp for a, a, a chunk of it um oh. And you imagine a few hundred people running through the same swampy bit. The nice mm. little nice line through there just gets absolutely ripped apart. So there's oh. no nice line anymore and you're just running through Squish mud. Socks. And then there's no yeah. point in changing your socks and shoes because they're just going to get wrecked again and you're not going to bring along 20 pairs of shoes and socks. No. So, uh. um, yeah, after they get wet, you're just like, well, they're wet now. So it doesn't matter. So how long have just, you done that for? How many... Uh, my best backyard or front yard ultra I did at Herdy's just recently or March this year and I timed out on lap 18 so I successfully finished 17 laps and I didn't want to go back out but I got forced back out on lap 18 because I finished in time so if you finish yeah. in time yeah. you got to get back out there and yeah. um, I got sent back out on lap 18 which was um sort of through the night when it's cold and it's dark mm. you're just waiting for the sun to come up and then the sun comes up and it's so beautiful and then it starts getting hot mm. um and so that was at about 10 a.m i think 9 a.m that yeah. i sort of pulled the pin um or that i timed out on that one yeah and that's running from 4 p.m the day before okay so that was my first running through the night without any sleep um event that I'd ever done but I actually had a crew who had very good friends who supported me for that one um sort of filling on my water bottle and feeding me hash browns oh. through two o'clock in the morning which was just awesome wow. hash browns like the best go-to food <laughs> when you're doing these events really like a yeah. hot one or cold like you hot, hot ones cold. of course yeah, I had a hash brown thinking... sandwich for dinner and then I'm hash like, brown snacking get hot hash browns in the middle of perhaps nowhere I don't know in the middle of the night a little, a little stove a little pan that's what wow. happens when you have a crew that awesome crew that makes your hash brown sandwich that's amazing you yeah. have the best friends <laughs> oh yes they're pretty good it was amazing to have a, a crew so just come in and you get your water bottle filled up and you just for those sort of five or ten minutes you're getting treated like a king and and it's wow. sort of back out to do it again. And have you crewed for others? Uh, yeah, I've helped out other people. Um, that's the best part about these ones. It's sort of as everyone starts dropping off and there's only a few people left, mm -hmm. then um, one person could have like four or five people <laughs> crewing for them, just trying to help them. And the first year we did birdies, um, we just started crewing for Phil Gore, who was um, who came second in that, that very first year. Because um, we had a camper van, it was right on the start line. So we said, oh, yeah, you can just lie down in our camper van, which was really nice, resting and stuff. 
but then onto the second night we wanted to go to bed and then we're like two o'clock in the morning it's like oh you feel you're still going um but we're sort of feeding him and you're just getting wow. anything for them and then there's other people you just sort of you, they're looking a bit delirious I remember uh, John Penzi's um you'd sort of coming in after about 30 hours and I'm like oh John do you want some water and he's like oh no like drink this and I was like oh you're hungry and he's like oh no I eat some water and I was like okay because you, your brain just checks out yeah. after a while so you kind of need to have a plan going into these events and you tell your crew yeah, make what, sure I'm yeah. eating make sure I'm drinking because hmm. if you've been going for a long time you need somebody to tell you hmm. eat food drink water because otherwise you just don't so what, a, do you, what do you think your limit is like do you is that something you think about like how far am I willing to go how many days am I willing to to you know run to go in an event is, is there a or you just want to keep going until you find whatever that limit is you keep going until you find whatever your limit is I mean I did the 18 laps at Hurdies, um, but mm -hmm. that's on sort of fairly good track that's easy to run and easy to navigate um, yeah and then the birdies one is running through swamp so I mean I've, the best I've done is 125 k's I mean I've not never done a hundred sort of miler event or 200 milers but I think could be on the horizon but yeah, yeah as far as my limit goes I don't know um, I think a hundred miler I might actually need a train for though so we'll see how we go with that <laughs> A train, as in a train that. Oh no! I'll, I will need to train for it. Oh, I you <laughs> Actually, you put. Can you do it somewhere where there's a train, and you're going to get yeah. that to take you the rest of the distance? Oh yeah, I can just jump on the train, and <laughs> well, that's what you used to do. You do long runs just along the train line with your smart rider, so you just jump on the train when you're done, because you're clever. sort of running as far from home as you can. We don't. Or you don't take it with you. Tasmania, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Too many hills. Too many hills. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So it seems like you've got lots more adventures that you will be doing. Are there any overseas ones that you've got your eyes on? Um, no. Well, there's a few. Yeah, I do want to do like, I do want to do some of the big road marathons around the world still because mm -hmm. I've done some of them. So I still wanted to do like Boston and Tokyo mm -hmm. and London. New York? Um, yeah, New York. New York. And then yeah, maybe Paris. Been to Paris a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sort of other big ones. There's just other nice marathons. We were registered before COVID to go to do the a temple marathon in, crap, can't remember what it was. Where all the temples are. <laughs> yes. Siem <laughs> uh, Reap? <laughs> no. no, it's the... Cambodia? Cambodia. Ah, uh, there you go. It was the Cambodia marathon. We were, we were registered to do that in 2020, August yep. of 2020, but then that got cancelled. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, we do we do like holidays and I mean, nearly every single holiday we've ever been on it sort of worked around a another big race mm. sort of california Inter international marathon chicago i did the queenstown marathon um and then yeah berlin and yeah and then the dopey challenge as well sort of they've always been around bigger sort of holidays where we've done the big holiday and then sort of traveled around as well as far as the sort of doing the run as well so do, do you tend to do your run for, like if you're planning your holiday, do mm. you plan it so the run is at the beginning of your holiday or towards the end? or just Usually the towards in the start or in the sort of first part of it because yep. then you can sort of do all the eating and drinking and <laughs> everything else afterwards. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and you want to try and get in with as much time because sort of getting in the night before on like a mm. very long flight is usually hard work. But we have done that before, sort of so getting in the night before these big races. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that uh, that strikes me as quite challenging because even like those longer haul travels can be quite tiring on the body. And then to to front up to a start line to run a marathon or more, it's like ugh. yeah, it's usually just about if you're doing like a long drive and just sitting in a mm. car for a few hours and then having to do a run. I've had to do that before as well because um, uh, WA is a pretty big place, so driving down to sort of uh, Boston or Bunbury or Albany or something to do mm. these um longer runs sometimes um the morning of. Mm. um could be pretty tricky you want to sort of make sure you get there a, a bit of time before otherwise you're trying to stretch beforehand yeah we did a run on the weekend and <laughs> we went to the to the wrong starting area so we missed oh. the start line um and then getting out of the car and then just going straight into this king of the mountain event um sort of running and <laughs> trying to let the body loosen up after you've just jumped out of the car and been in the car for nearly an hour um that was a fun one that's a fine way to get injured <laughs> yeah you try and take it easy but then it's cold and you're mm. already late so you're trying to catch up with the tail walker and um try not to get lost as well but uh that was good i think we caught the tail walker at about six k's into the event so oh excellent <laughs> yeah we didn't have our bibs and we weren't actually officially or well, we'd already paid and entered but i mean yeah. the registrations had closed and we were yeah. like 15 minutes late for the start so we just oh, no. chased them down and eventually overtook them didn't finish oh, well. last and started two minutes late. Yeah. There you go. Well done. I love that story. Um, <laughs> uh, a question that I ask most people is, what do you think running has given your life? Like, what would you be missing if you didn't start running 10 years uh, ago? Probably a lot of, probably have some difficult mental health issues if I wasn't running or doing some kind of outlet. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, a lot of friends then I think that you'd miss out on because a lot of your friends, you've sort of, if people that get into all of these big running events and do a lot of running, you generally sort of start hanging out with a lot of runners as well. Yeah. So a lot of the people that I hang out with on a regular basis um, are mostly runners. So yeah, I'd probably be missing out on a lot of those friendships. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's true. That's how I feel about it too. So um, it has been amazing, Sim, to have a chat with you. Is there anything about running that you want to make sure we talk about before we wrap up and, and get some tips from you? Uh, is there anything, though, about running that we haven't talked about apart from the tips that you'd like to share? Or have we covered, you know, why you run and all the things about running you wanted to talk about? No, the only thing that we haven't talked about is my vision impairment. Um, oh, well, there you go. So You're thought it would come up in, the camera. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would come up um, earlier just naturally, but I yeah. didn't because um, that's another reason getting into yeah. running and sort of being of depressed course. and anxious and stuff. I've actually got a vision impairment, so most people don't realise I'm actually legally blind as well, which means not that I can't see anything at all. It's just that I've got yeah. very, very poor central vision, so all my peripheral vision's fine, which... Um, but it is slowly getting worse. So running on trails is getting harder and harder, especially at that. sort of nighttime and that um, with the shadows and things. But I mean, I get by. And I think that's why I do run as well, because to keep challenging myself with that. Because um, most people, even when I'm running on roads and stuff, you don't actually realize that I've got a, a problem because I, mm. I do pretty well. Even running at nighttime. Um, I think running on nighttime on fairly flat surfaces, I'm better than most people because everyone else is reply, re, uh, relying on their vision to be able to yeah. see where they're going, where I'm like, well, this side's crunchy and I'm not running on the path anymore. And this side I'm running on the path. So I'll just keep going straight. So so you're <laughs> just using keep... the other senses basically. And we're, yeah. we're not using the other senses and sort of relying a bit to, to see, I guess, but um, running on the path that I know as well. 
like yeah. you tend to know where all of the the bumps are and I think I might actually run a slightly different style to some people sort of picking up mm -hmm. my feet a bit more mm -hmm. so when you get tired and then you start tripping over everything but I mean I very very rarely fall over and I think I've got perfectly sighted friends that fall over a hell of a lot more than yeah, me I so I, I've been known to fall over occasionally and yeah I've got a, a friend and we've nicknamed him stumbles because <laughs> he has the ability to fall over on the flattest surface imaginable like no, think no. when he's had some nasty falls when I've been with him I'm looking back and like what did Ow. you actually fall over yeah yeah there's nothing course, there if, if your friend falls over and they're not bleeding or unconscious then you have the right to laugh at them for falling <laughs> over because it's going to be you next time so yeah <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I know. I knew that I thought that you had a vision impairment, but because I'm looking at you and you're looking at me, I thought, oh, maybe it was one of the other, because I get lots of referrals. I thought maybe it was one of the other ones. Um, no, so there you go. Me. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Um, earlier, most people don't notice, and even people mm. that I work with don't notice. It's not until mm. they see me looking about a hand's width away from my computer screen with about 300% zoom at work. Um, it's kind of difficult working on sort of secret, top secret projects and things. Yeah, because and you have to when have I'm in the office and people can like read my screen across the room. Um, but yeah, I sit pretty close to my <laughs> screen funny. and my camera is just off to my side. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking off in this direction where the camera is, but yeah. I can't see too much detail. You're actually much bigger on the screen to my right here. <laughs> probably see the edge of it just there well my uh, my eye problems are related completely to age and I also have a much bigger screen over here and everybody walks in the room just laughing at me my family um yeah. because I have to but it's age related just I like it much bigger it's more comfortable um for me and of course I have to have glasses on when I'm at the computer I think it's just a good excuse to get a giant screen I've got a decent size yeah. screen at home and I want to get a bigger one in the office I, I think I love that yeah. Or you could get one with some kind of gradient sort of too. So if people like, you know, you can get them. If people oh, like bifocal screen. Well, no. So oh, no, the, so oh, if you were at this angle up here looking down, you wouldn't be able to see it because there's some kind of gradient color on it. You should know more about that. Yeah, yeah, I do know those ones. But because I sit so close to the screen, I've found that some of the screens that have sort of those things naturally yeah. built in, because I'm so close to the screen, when I'm really close and I'm looking over to the left, it starts to gray out that area because I'm uh, looking at it on such a yeah. sort of sharp angle. So um, but I think it's just an excuse to get a bigger screen. And <laughs> I think I move... I don't know. When people see me working, that they said that it kind of makes them feel nauseous because of how um, yeah. zoomed in I've got it and how yeah. quickly I'm moving around the screen as well. And mm. most people can't read what I'm looking at anyway because it's bouncing around that much. Yeah, because you've got to work, I guess, move things around the screen as well. As yeah, said. reading an email that's sort of panning left to right, left to right. And... On the same screen. Yeah. So how, well, how long have you had the have... vision impairment? Um. Well, it's a juvenile form of macular degeneration. So I was diagnosed when I was about 17, um, shortly after my older brother was diagnosed. Um, oh, his yeah. vision, he's got it as well. It's a yeah. rare condition called Stargate's disorder, and he's yep. got it as well. And it only affects about one in every 20,000 people. So we're oh, very wow. special. You are. <laughs> um, but yeah, sort of came on 17 or so. And then yeah, um, I was still driving back then and um, I probably stopped driving in maybe my mid twenties, mm -hmm. late twenties, just when it was too dangerous for me to be on the road, even though mm -hmm. there's probably people on the road now that are worse drivers and mm. with worse vision, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, I just chose not to, um, but yeah, then I've sort of been this legally blind for the last probably 
13, 14 years now. I think 2008, it was officially done. So yeah. then sort of the, on the disability support, but I mean, I still work full time. So not claiming any of that. Um, and yeah, it's slowly going to get worse over time, but it's okay. never going to be completely blacked out. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just going to get harder and harder to do some things, which I think after doing the trail run on the, the weekend, I'm thinking, I actually had that thought and I said to my partner when we we're running that, yeah, I don't know how much longer I can actually do these sort of runs. And I'm like, because it's pretty hard to see. But I've I think had... that's more, yeah, I think you just, um, I'd have to go slower because mm. well, <laughs> I could had... still hike and that. I've had on the, um, I'm sure you already know this, I've had on the podcast um, last year a gentleman who works for uh, Fred Hollows and he is a, a guide for vision impaired runners. So there you go. That's something if you decide that you want to keep running, if your eyes get so bad at some point, yeah. especially trails, there must be people who specialise in. I know in there's people that do people that are almost completely blind that do have hmm. guides on trails yeah. and I don't know how the hell they'd do it but um <laughs> no, sort of just yeah. knowing some trails are fairly good for it and it's yeah. like if it's fairly flat and you're just stepping over a tree mm. every now and again that could be okay but yeah still being able to run I think it just all it means is that I need to slow down <laughs> yeah because I don't yeah. like to run slower on the trails and I, it frustrates me when it's my vision that slows me down on trails rather than my cardio or when something physical mm. when it's your physical or cardio stopping you from running as fast on the trails then that's one thing but when I can't keep up with yeah. people on the trails when it's due to my vision that's when it's a bit frustrating but yeah. I get by you're riding though as well you said before you, you rode to the start of a race oh yeah, yeah I do a bit yeah. of cycling and once yeah. again because your cycling objects tend to come up on you a bit faster. So mm -hmm. I think I've not been riding as much mm -hmm. um, because you can't, things come up on you a lot faster and um, you don't want to hit anything or hurt yourself. So you ride a bit slower. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm okay at a slower speed with the cycling. Um, yeah. And especially if it's sort of on open roads or paths and things where you're not going to hit anything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I still probably push myself too fast um, when I'm uh, on the bike. And then yeah. when I am running sometimes, but uh, I think it'll just be the first time I hit something <laughs> when it'll sort of slow me down a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, until then. Until then, until then, it's one foot in front of the other and as fast as you can go. <laughs> that's that's it. And I think that should be for everyone just to keep going one foot yeah. in front of the other until you can't go any yeah. further. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. As I said, I, I was um, pretty sure that you were the vision impaired person but you don't look vision impaired talking to me and then I've got lots of other people referred so I thought it might have yeah. been someone else so there you go um so that is fascinating as I said um yeah maybe check out those the the guiding who knows yeah maybe you could be I'm, a guide first and well, I've, I've, I've helped out people with the guiding yeah. with the, the um Melbourne Achilles group um yeah sort of been there and just sort of mm. um running there but um yeah I think I, I don't think I need a guide at this stage I yeah. mean they're handy to have during these big road events because they can sort of guide you along and I have had guides before but they're more just a sort of um for pacing almost yeah. but yeah I think I would definitely use a guide when I get to a point and I know I've probably got a lot of friends out there that would be happily yeah. uh, guide me through some of these events yeah it's quite and a specialist skill too I think from what I can yeah what I learned yeah and it's a fun thing to do because then you still get to take part in the events and you get to help people yeah. um yeah. that's why I do a lot of the, the pacing work for some of the big road marathons because it's free entry to a run and you just get to help people yeah. and then get to get some medals at the end but you're yeah, helping people along the way as well yeah that's awesome 
Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure there'll be people that that will help as well. So again, thank you for sharing your time with us. It has been awesome to get to know you. But before you go, can you give me some tips for a beginner runner? So if somebody came up to you and said, Sim, I want to start running. I see you're doing amazing things. Uh, how do I do that? What would you say? Oh, first tips, I guess, would be just to, to ease into it, to not go too crazy. Because some people like would struggle to get into it, but then when they do start running, they just want to run more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And that's how you'd probably hurt yourself to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so that'd be the first tip to just sort of take it easy and just to slowly ease yourself into this running and ultra running mm -hmm. sort of thing. Don't go and <laughs> don't go and register for an ultra marathon for your first longest run and then just go in straight into it without much training. So don't do what I did. <laughs> and then I think the other big tip I think for everyone is to just never compare yourself to the other people because there's always going to be people out there faster than you and better than you and running and to never let yourself get down over people that are overtaking you and like the only person that you should be racing against is yourself mm -hmm. and possibly that person that is just in front of you yeah <laughs> just chase down that person in front of you but as far as comparing yourself to friends or family or to other runners yeah just just don't do that because that's just a right way for disaster just yeah focus mm -hmm. on yourself and bettering yourself as a person they say um, just compare yourself yesterday just compete yeah. against yourself yesterday. The yeah. only problem, not a problem, but um, you mentioned earlier something about, you know, you can't do those times or whatever anymore. And I, one of the things we've talked about on the podcast a few times is you just never, you don't know when you've reached whatever your top speed is going to be. Yeah. Nobody, there's no alert. There's no flags. There's no party. There's no celebration. No, this is the fastest you're ever going to run a marathon or a 10 K or whatever. So you don't ever really know that. Um, which upon reflection, now I'm a bit older. I'm like, Oh, I wish I'd known that I was, <laughs> yeah. that year I was running um, as fast as I ever was going to. But I think that's I think, just a thing. I think that's why a lot of people get into ultra running as well, because yeah. it's running the distances because you can always run a bit yeah. further and a bit further and a bit yeah. further and a bit longer. And it point. doesn't matter yeah. how long it takes you to do it. So yeah. I think you sort of do all the fast stuff when you're younger and then you do longer yeah. stuff when you get older. And especially trails because you can't, you're comparing apples and oranges, really. Like, yeah, I've done lots of Melbourne marathons, and so you're just doing the same thing over and over again. Whereas, if you do lots of um, trail runs, even doing the same trail run year after year can be quite different because of the weather. Yeah. Can really affect the trail. And um, yeah, I've done the same things. runs a few times, and mm. even the Yabaru Trail Ultra, I've done it in one year. It was sort of stupidly hot, sort of getting yeah. up to like mid 30s, and then a lot of the time I did it, it was hailstorms and and rain and and thunder and lightning and so and that's the same event so it can just go either way so yeah that's uh trails it's yeah different every single time you're out there it is it's amazing which is what makes it so wonderful I yeah love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> me too yeah all right well sim thank you again don't jump off um i'll say goodbye to you off the recording but thank you for hanging out with us it's been awesome to get to know you thank you so much thanks for having me Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. 
Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.